you guys may or may not have witnessed our very own Ryan Konigsberg experiencing a pretty rough hangover after the Broncos draft party. Feels like a while ago. Um, at Blake Street Tavern. And if you haven't, the video is worth checking out on our Facebook and DVN DNVR Broncos page. Vita Mobile IV came to Ryan's rescue. And I mean, they really came through. Vita Mobile IV comes to your home, office, dorm room, or wherever you need serious hydration. Vita Mobile IV is made up of professionals passionate about preventative health and the benefits of IV therapy and alternative medicine. Recover and recharge with Vita Mobile IV. Download their app request a skilled IV drip therapist, and then sit back and relax because they come to you. Don't forget to use promo code HYD20 and save 20% off your first IV drip. That's Vita. Visit VitaMobileIV.com today or learn more just by downloading their app and book your appointment. And don't forget that promo code HYD20 to save 20% off. Don't be hungover! <laughs> What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. I'm your host, Adam Matas from DNVR, where you can subscribe for just $3.74 and gain access to all of the great content we have over there, including a new episode of The List. Every time I do one of these notebook pods, as I'm going to be doing today, I, I do a new episode of The List, so you're going to want to check that out. I sh tell you about different things on this podcast. Go through all of my detailed notes. Talk about the things you might have missed. But then on the list, I actually show you what you're not seeing, show you some of the subtlety stuff, and I really enjoyed it. I think this episode, by the way, of the list is probably my favorite one, um, in part because when the Nuggets win, it's more fun to kind of get into the details. They're positive details, not all of them, but most of them are positive, and it's just always more fun to talk about positive stuff, so you're going to want to check it out. I think there's 11, no, 12 videos up on today's episode of the list, and uh, I, I thought that you know these ones were all really, really good, really, really interesting stuff. So this is a notebook episode of the podcast. Um, tomorrow, I do want to tease uh, for Friday's show, should have a really, really special guest, a member of the Denver Nuggets coaching staff, going to sit down one-on-one -on -one with me and, and talk about some really, really cool stuff. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but let's get into it. The notes, the Denver Nuggets got a win, and I know this was Monday, I know this has been a couple days now, um, but there's lots of cool stuff to kind of get into and go over. Of course, the Nuggets got the big win. You heard from Harrison and Brendan yesterday, kind of um, immediate reactions. If you were over on the Lockdown Nuggets podcast, you heard from me and Matt Moore. But I want to get into the weeds here, go into the notebook and kind of tell you the subtleties of what I saw. Denver wins 109-89, and they looked like themselves for the first time, I think, all year. I mean, we'd seen flashes of it. We'd seen moments. We've seen quarters. But this was the first time where I felt like... At least for a majority of it, you saw what the Denver Nuggets are capable of, and it was it was a sight to behold. Um, they set the tone right off the bat, and this is a clip that was on the list, by the way. This is this this first point. You know, the Nuggets run a, a set that they always run. Uh, one of the common, well, it wasn't like they did anything special right out of the gate, but man, you just saw how crisp and energetic and just with a sense of purpose the team was playing early on in the get-go, and. You know, so much of basketball, every team has the same plays in their playbook. There's not, there's a little bit of variation, but really what it comes down to is the little details, the the what players are in which spots, you know, where you're standing on the court, um, you know, the little things like that that coaches can make big key decisions on. Even sometimes it's even as as 
as as subtle as where do you set the screens at what spot some coaches will put little pieces of tape down on the floor and just as a reminder of this is the spot we're trying to set this screen at this is where we're trying to cut to or whatever and you know you really try to hammer home those details because every little inch can matter um you're trying to manipulate the defensive players around the court to open things up and so every little detail can matter um and those things are really what set it apart but what also sets it apart is just how hard you do it i mean if you walked through every NBA set and just walked, no set would work. If you did it with purpose and with the right timing, not always just a sprint, but with the right sort of change of pace and right timing, and also coordinated timing, meaning everybody on the court kind of working in concert, then you can really uh, be effective in your offense. And I thought right from the start, so one of the things that's happened with Denver's offense, I've talked about the, you know, the Tory Craig thing and Nikola Jokic and, and, and not being aggressive and all those things. And those things are true. They're not, they're not untrue but what's also true that's that's always a portion of it what's also true is just how hard you play and the nuggets on that very first possession was a great example because Jokic receives a, a pass it goes hard into the dribble handoff and just everything was done with pace and purpose and it ended with a and one uh, Paul Millsap catches the ball on the go gets to the basket gets the contact and it was like that I think for most of the game there was just energy in the half court and a sense of purpose every time they made their cuts and of course this is an M- the NBA. It's an 82-game season. These guys play an enormous amount of minutes. I know the casual fan drinking their beer, eating a pretzel at home doesn't always appreciate that. And, oh, I can't believe these guys are lazy, whatever. These guys are incredible athletes. I always tell people you should try to sit courtside once in your life because you really see – I know it's expensive and not everybody's capable of doing this, but maybe summer league. You fly to summer – you know, you go to the summer league, tickets are like 60 bucks, you know, and you can be as close as you want. You really gain an appreciation for just how physical and how fast and, um, you know, people think, oh, in the NBA, nobody t- – man, those guys, they collide on every single play and elbow and just jump so high. I know on TV it, does, it translates quite a bit, but when you're sitting there in person courtside and you see how high these guys jump, how fast they run, it's, it's truly a sight to behold. Um, but you can't play at 100% for 82 games, 36 minutes a night. But you still want guys to be able to come out with a sense of purpose and to try to play um, with intensity. And I thought the Nuggets did that. And that was honestly num- note number one and reason number one that the Nuggets won in a blowout. Um, <clears throat> Jokic's full court at- outlets have been off uh, this year, which I don't really – I just have a note in here that – I feel like he never misses some of those outlet passes, and this year he's missed quite a few. So another just sort of rhythm thing with Jokic that's a little bit off. Jokic's second foul, so one of the storylines in this game is that he got um, in foul trouble, as has been the case for a couple now, and some of the, his teammates even kind of commenting on it now in the postgame. Jamal Murray kind of mentioning it uh, becoming a recurring thing. But Jokic, his second foul was really dumb, and... You know, Jokic is a smart guy. I still think, look, I, I think there's no question that Jokic has been in a funk, um, and, and I don't know that he's necessarily out of this funk. This team, I thought Jokic played really well in this game, but I don't think by any means I, I feel like confident that, oh, yeah, he's he's back to the old Jokic, and we're going to see 2011-8 you know, uh, t- on Friday night. We might because he's that talented, but um, I don't feel like I know that we're going to see that. 
But his second foul, just really dumb, poor focus, poor discipline. He picks up one foul, and you have to think to yourself, I'm the most important player on the roster. I got to stay in the game. And he goes for like a forced, what I would call a forced foul. Like he didn't have to do that. It wasn't like, oh, man, you were out of position, and it was hard to avoid, or you saved a basket. He was trying to get a steal on a like a non-aggressive play, and just those type of fouls just really drive you nuts because now he's got two, and now he's going to have to sit for a lot. Gary Harris, this is on the list. Gary Harris still struggling in the pick and roll, and I think I have two really good examples to kind of show what he's struggling with and maybe how he can sort of improve as the season goes on. Um, I've talked about this quite a bit, but him reading that big, that backside big rim protector, he just hasn't done a good job of that. And I think his first two or, or one of his first shots of the game was a floater from the free throw line, which... I mean, imagine imagine yourself, put yourself in his shoes. That's a really tough shot. And even though he is a skilled, you know, he does make some floaters, that's still not a great, um, you know, not a great shot for him to be taking. The Denver Nuggets lead the league in floaters. From three to ten feet, they have the most floaters. And I think that it's one of those things where not every time is the floater a compromise. Is it like you're settling for it? But oftentimes it is, and I think with Gary, it's a little bit of settling for it and a little bit of just getting caught in between a pull-up jumper and and going to the rim, and it ends up in these kind of awkward floaters. Um, Jamal Murray, he's able – this is on the list as well. He's able to hit really tough shots off of off balance. He might be a better tough shot maker than open shot maker because I think he's shooting like 30% on open threes this year, which just blows my mind. Jamal Murray, by the way, I just want to say – I've been so impressed with him and I continue to be so impressed with him in just every facet. I thought he had an A-plus game uh, in this one, did a lot of things really, really, really well. Um, the only thing missing from his game now is knocking down open threes. He's he's taking and making very, very few threes, which um, I don't know if that's necessarily alarming, but it, it's certainly something to kind of take note of. Um, Torrey Craig, speaking of hitting a three, Torrey Craig knocked down a three. Um the crowd, it's funny being at home because you get to see the crowd sort of anxiety and relief and excitement on moments like that. So Torrey Craig catches a wide open opportunity in the corner and you see like almost a whole gasp, like the entire arena is just kind of like, is he going to hit it? You know, kind of like this nervous, not this excitement. Like sometimes when Jamal Murray gets our league Beasley, like the crowd, like you hear the exciting like oohs and ahs as the shot's going up. With the Torrey Craig, it was a little bit of a nervous one. But then when he went off, it was like an extra loud one because I think one of the cool things about this Denver Nuggets fan base and where the, the fan base is right now is – you know, in years past, the fan base has been learning these guys. I feel like right now the fan base knows these guys really well, and they know, yeah, Torrey Craig, is if he can knock down these shots, he's really valuable. And so it was a cool moment of nervous energy. This is why it's so fun to be at Pepsi Center for these games. Nervous energy as the shot goes up, and then total excitement uh, when the shot went in. It was, it was a lot of fun. And speaking of a lot of fun, do you have plans for this Saturday? This Saturday, November 9th, Breckenridge Brewery is teaming up with Never Summer for their big kickoff event. It's going to be incredible. The Never Never Summer opening day at Punch Bowl Social. Um, a giant party that's basically like a kickoff to the ski season and kickoff to the winter. Of course, it's, you know, winter. I'm always, I always love winter for the first couple months, but I'm not a skier or a snowboarder. I wish I was, but I'm not. Um, but if you are or if you just love the winter, it's going to be a heck of a party. It's basically a giant party at Punchbowl so- Punch Social. And if you want to get the details, you just got to go to www.breckbrew.com uh, forward slash 2019 slash opening slash day. Uh, you're going to want to check 
check that out, especially if you don't have plans for the Saturday and you're looking for a real sick party. Um, it, they're a great sponsor, obvious of us, uh, obviously of us and our site and a fantastic beer. But they also throw one hell of a party. So if you don't have plans, what a great weekend. Friday night, Nuggets, Embiid, Jokic, Nuggets, 76ers. Saturday night, this awesome party with Breckenridge Brewery, Never Summer. So check those out. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast, of course, I'm Adam Matas going through the notebooks. The notebook from Tuesday's win over the Miami Heat. Monte Morris broke out of his mini slump. He played with great pace and great timing. I have a great example of him on the list. He looked like, for the first time I thought all year, Monte Morris looked like his old self. Confident, smooth, um, you know, just smart. Uh, in control, ran the offense. For him to be back would be huge. You know, Denver's starters have been phenomenal. Uh, Harrison Wynn has a great piece up on DNVR for subscribers about that starting lineup. And if you know, if you're familiar with my work, if you've followed me over from Denver Stiffs and the Lockdown Nuggets podcast, you know that I was really excited about this Denver Nuggets lineup. Uh, Jamal Murray. Gary Harris, Will Barton. I love that trio. The three of them bring something different. Each of them brings something different to this Nuggets offense. You know, Jamal Murray is the best overall offensive player. Um, can shoot the three, can score off the dribble, dynamic score, really got really good pick and roll player, and has built this great chemistry with Jokic. But, you know, an elite mid-range jump shooter as well. Gary Harris, a very good catch and shoot three-point shooter, even though it hasn't quite clicked for him yet this year and then it's the fantastic defender uh tenacious strong very strong bodied and then will barton who's long long and skinny but quick he's the fastest of the three out in transition very good at kind of getting into tight spaces and and to the rim and defensively by the way Will Barton has been really good this year, and I don't know if this is sustainable because I've never really thought that Will Barton was a fin- uh, you know that good of a defender. But he's been really good this year in a way that one of the questions about the Nuggets in this roster is can they defend threes? And look, nobody's Will Barton's not going to guard LeBron James, but nobody is. But you know, can he slow down some of your other guys? Can he guard a James Harden through in a playoff series? Last year, uh, Rodney Hood, of course, famously just torched him and everybody else that the Nuggets threw at him at that spot. But of course, Will Barton wasn't you know fully up to speed, wasn't himself coming off the injury. But this year he's shown that he, you know, at least so far through the season that he can be. So I'm, I'm, I just love that trio. And then, of course, the Jokic-Milsap pairing now. We have two and a half years of data of this. They, 
those two are just so good together. Um, not always the prettiest two-man combo, but always the most effective. And so you just put all of that together, and so far it's looked like I, I wasn't as excited for it this year because I was worried about Barton, quite frankly. Um, but now that you've seen it again, I'm, I'm excited for it again. I, I'm optimistic that it can be one of these awesome lineups. But Monte Morris now running that second unit if he can get back to having that be a plus unit, then Denver, I don't think that they're going to have just steamroll through the league, but man, it elevates what they're they're capable of. And maybe nights like, like Tuesday night where they win by 20, your really good teams, Milwaukee last year, um, you know, your Warriors during their heyday, a, a, a lot of your really good teams, they have a lot of 20-point wins. They have a lot of 10- and 15-point wins, and you do that because you just have these waves of talent and these great, uh, you know, great, great players. So uh, Monte Morris, really good to see him playing well again. Hopefully that's a, a sign of things to come. Jokic and Craig ran a, uh, a pick-and-roll. If you remember the play where Jeremy Grant had the reverse dunk, one of the highlights of the entire game, that play came off of a Jokic-Craig pick-and-roll. And it was a little bit of a busted play because, um, you know, they run it, Craig drops it off to Jokic on the roll, and then Craig's guy just fully doubles the post. I think it was Dragic. Just fully doubles Jokic in the post and, and actually tips Jokic's kick out to Craig. But nonetheless, then they, you know, it wasn't a turnover. He only got like a finger on it. And then Craig reverses it to Grant, who dunks it. I've said this on the show, and I'm going to reiterate it now. And of course, this is on the list. Craig is not a great pick and roll player, and he's not Will Barton. He can't handle the ball very well and be that effective. But sometimes you shoot yourself in the foot when you completely ignore him. And I think that Denver has kind of gotten in the habit of doing that where, and maybe this is Jokic individually, but my hunch is it's more about the team collectively just saying, yeah, don't run pick and roll with him. I would rather them involve him with the understanding that, hey, just don't take risks. You know, Jamal Murray, Will Barton, those guys can take big risks because the team needs them to get into the teeth of the defense and collapse and make plays. Gary Harris can take medium risks. Tory Craig, it's don't take a risk. You turn the corner and you have an angle, do it. If you have a pass, an easy drop-off, do it. If you have an open shot, a wide open shot, then take it. Otherwise, just keep the ball moving. And if, if you just have that understanding, to me, it's better to just to play with him if you're going to run this flow offense. It's better to play like that than to completely ignore him and cut half of the court off. Well, they ran this play with him, and they did this throughout the whole game, by the way. They involved Torrey Craig a little bit more, and as a result, they get a, they get a Jeremy Grant highlight and one dunk. It was really, really pretty. Um, and by the way, Jeremy Grant dunks get the crowd hyped like uh, – I, I, Denver was missing this since Kenneth Freed. They've been missing the guy that just has that highlight dunk that everybody kind of looks at, like at the jumbotron, waiting for the uh, the replay and go and just loses their mind. It's fun having one of those guys again. Jokic, I thought played well in this game. The only thing that wasn't well, four of twelve shooting, and I would say three or four of those were shots that I say he is above fifty percent on. Um, you know, post moves that actually worked, and then he has a little bunny, but he just missed them. Um, again, just in a little bit of a funk. He played with more purpose in this game, but I don't think the funk was gone. Jokic's third foul also sucked. You know, it was a touch foul, but um, probably a foul. He gets him on the hand. 50-50 call. A lot of times they let that kind of contact go, but Jokic just never gets away with anything. Um, the 5-1 pick and roll between where Jamal Murray sets the screen for Jokic, and Jokic is the, the ball handler. Still one of the most deadly 
um, plays in all of basketball, all of the NBA. Denver doesn't run this a ton. I mean, they do run it a lot in like fourth quarters and in the playoffs they ran it a lot. It's one of those things where it's like that's your that's your big punch. So you don't always want to use your big overuse your big punch, but um, that play just works so much. And I have a great example of it up, uh, up on the list that involved that screen plus a great Will Barton cut. That's just one of my favorites. Jamal Murray, I talk about playing hard and how that in itself is sort of a skill, but also, you know, half of this is the details of the plays and what plays you run, and then half of it is just how hard you execute. Well, Jamal Murray is first team all effort. I mean, he had, I on the, this is also on the list, but he had two offensive rebounds um, in a row, or not in a row, but there was one play in between, so two out of three plays, where he gets offensive rebounds and putbacks, and they were just based solely off of his sort of refusal to lose, his will to get something done, and um, he's of all the players on the team. I think he's the most, you know, like that Tory Craig flies around, but Jamal Murray, he's a gamer. He doesn't like to lose and, and you can see it. You, you, you can feel it when you watch him play. Jokic went out and what was interesting, one of the things about interesting about this game and encouraging signs, I, I think, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a silver lining to how bad Jokic has sort of been, not, not even how bad, how lethargic Jokic has been in this early go. Um, one of the silver linings is that this team can win without him in a way that I don't think was true in previous years. It was it was true in spots, and I still think, obviously, if Jokic were to go down or something for a month, Denver Denver would really suffer. I think they would stay afloat, but they would suffer. Um, but they are better now than at any point previously and just sort of like, all right, next guy up, Plumlee, fantastic player in his own right. Plumlee comes in, but then guys like Will Barton step up, Jamal Murray steps up, and uh, Paul Millsap steps up, and he, this was a prime example of that. Jokic goes out with that third foul, and Denver had already made one run, but they made a second run like immediately after Jokic went out, the big run, really, and it was cool to see. It was really cool to see. Jokic hit a pull-up, or I'm sorry, Jamal Murray hit a pull-up three off of a pick-and-roll, going to his left off of a, a Mason Plumley pick-and-roll, and it remains one of the most important sort of pieces of his arsenal that I don't fully have faith in right now, um, but when and if that that develops into his game into a more consistent thing, especially if that happens this year, it's going to take Denver's offense to a whole new level. The ability to sort of turn the corner on the the screen, get your feet set behind the three point line, and go into your shooting motion quickly. If he can become, you know, just a a little bit better at that, then Denver's ceiling as a team and just their un how unguardable they become in the half court goes up quite a bit. Um. Barton, I, yeah, I just mentioned it earlier, but Barton has been just so fantastic, and there was just so many plays in here where he got hot and uh, he either heat checked at the right time or just made the right play at the right moment, and he just it seems like he has um, his confidence back and his swagger back, and that's great to see because Will Barton is like eighty percent confidence. <laughs> so if you take lose that, you, you lose quite a bit for him. Um, and so yeah, it's, it, it was really really neat to see. The Green Solution has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. And, of course, you get a promo code. Use DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. DNVR20, 20% off. Last segment here, uh, going through the notes from the Miami, the win over the Miami Heat. 
And just want to remind you to subscribe. We got lots of cool stuff going on. We have some incredible merch. We have a bunch of new stuff unveiling. I can't wait to show you what we have in store for the month of December. Really cool project that we're working on. Um, and just get in now. You're going to want to get in now. Um, catch what makes this play great, where I break down a play from the Nuggets playbook. Try to aim for these once every week or week and a half or so. And then, of course, new editions of the list up. And then Harrison Wind has been writing some bangers this week. You're going to want to be checking them out. I thought he had a fantastic piece uh, on Jamal Murray's leadership that had an incredible quote from Jamal Murray. I'm just, I can't tell you how impressed I've been. Um, Harrison was able to sit down one, you know, just briefly one-on-one with him, and he got what I think to be maybe the quote of the season from Jamal out of Jamal Murray about um, just sort of leadership and how everybody, how uh, I'll just I'll tease it this way: a thing that he noticed this year that had been happening all along, but he never realized that kind of helped him a light click on for him to to become a leader. So three dollars seventy four cents a month, next to nothing. Um, you're gonna want to do that. You probably won't even notice it out of your bank account. Three dollars seventy four cents a month, and you get access to all of the cool content. And then with some really, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Ryan Konigsberg, Andrew Mason, uh, Zach Stevens. Phenomenal coverage on the Broncos, and then the best in the biz for Avalanche coverage, Rudo. You know you're a good abs writer when you just have one name, Rudo. Uh, and then AJ Hayfley, and then of course it's the off season for Rockies, but Drew Creaseman. One of my favorite, just just a real homie, and I think you guys will all, all really enjoy him. All right, let's get back to the notebook here. Um, Jokic, right out of the gate in the second half, jacked three straight three pointers, and it was almost awkward. I, I can't, t- I couldn't, you know, I know he's trying to be aggressive there. I didn't like. He goes one for three, I think, on him. Um, so it's, it wasn't all bad. I mean, that's a good good enough percentage, but it was really weird timing, and I felt I was just kind of like, huh, okay, that's an interesting choice. Millsap. Man, he took an injury. So so Gary Harris goes down in the end of the second quarter. He rolls an ankle. He's supposed to play on Friday, so I imagine he'll be good to go. And then Paul Millsap splits his head open. It's kind of a cheap shot by Myers Leonard, and the referees looked at it. They called it a flagrant. Myers Leonard, by the way, bottom five play, favorite player in the league. I really don't like that dude. What a waste of like a near-perfect body. Um, but just he, he is like one of those guys where you look at and you go, wow, what an athlete. And he is an athlete, just like incredible vertical strength, whatever. He doesn't use any of it. Can't stand that guy. And then he, the only time he uses it is on flagrant fouls like that one, cheap shots like that one that fortunately for Paul Millsap only resulted in him having to leave the game and get 11 stitches. And oh, by the way, before he left, wraps his head in a bandage and goes out and shoots his free throws. What a total boss Paul Millsap is. Dad strength. Paul Millsap. So he goes out. Gary Harris goes out. Jokic is out for most of this game. Denver wins by 20. Um, he did. Yeah. So Jeremy Grant got to play with the starter. The, the silver lining to that was we get to see Jeremy Grant with the starters. And he looked great. Another run. And when I say starters, Torrey Craig and Jeremy Grant, basically with Jokic, Barton and, and Murray. Um, but Grant looked great. And in that moment when Millsap goes out, Denver had already had some momentum building, but they even built on it even more in those next moments. Uh, and the lead go- went all the way up to 15. And then, of course, Jokic gets his foul, so he goes out. Um, it was a bad pass by Jamal Murray, and Jokic kind of did similar, honestly, to what um, Myers Leonard did, kind of a hip check. I-, I think less dangerous, but nonetheless, it was, again, Jokic just uh, you know threw his hip into Jimmy Butler. They reviewed that one not a flagrant, but it was his fourth foul. So he had to go out, but the Nuggets continued to roll in his absence, and that's what was so cool. They just they stayed focused. They were res. I would say the Nuggets were resolute. They took on Jamal Murray's energy, and Murray was resolute in this game. Um, but so that was really really cool to see. 
Grant, one note about, I have about him, he goes right to left. Maybe I'll do, I'll, this is not on the list, but maybe I'll compile a few examples of this as I see him and one day throw it on. But he really goes right to left really, really often um, as a scoring move. It's kind of a crutch. If I was scouting him, if I was an advanced scout and, and in charge of giving a scouting report, I would say he always dribbles right and then left. It's always an immediate right-left move, and he likes to go to that left hand. So one of those things that I know Nuggets training staff hadn't really worked with him this offseason since he got here kind of late, but that's one thing that in his game will open it up. I don't think he's a guy that's going to be a making a lot of dribble moves, but nonetheless, if you are going to have some variety and know sort of what your tendencies are so you know what your weaknesses are. Um, Nikola Jokic, of course, hits a one-legged fallaway almost identical to the one he had in Orlando, so now two games in a row he has hit what I am I am naming the Sambor st- Step Back. He already has the Sambor Shuffle, which is sort of a sideways shuffle. This is more of a turnaround, jump backwards, fadeaway um jumper that's nothing but net and one uh, just a really peak Jokic move love it absolutely love it um I was surprised Jokic checked back into the fourth as was I think 17,000 people at Pepsi Center uh Denver had the game well out of reach I think they were up 27 at one point so it was really weird both him and Jamal Murray checked back into the fourth and Malone after the game mentioned regretting that decision uh or not not necessarily regretting it but um, just saying like he, he probably in hindsight, that was a mistake or whatever. So, um, I don't know what that was about, but, um, it could be that Denver had so much time off. They basically played last Saturday and then had one game between then and Friday and the game was a blowout and maybe Murray and Jokic only playing. I think, it, I think going into the fourth, Jokic had only played like 12 minutes. So maybe he was, Malone was thinking, I just got to get these guys conditioning, especially Jokic, who maybe is still working himself into midseason form. Um, there was a great flare slip. That, this one's on the list because it's one of my favorite things. I'll probably tease this one for free tomorrow. But um, there was a flare screen slip from Monte Morris that is just – if you – I talk about this a lot. If you're Jokic – these are the types of cuts you just absolutely love because Jokic reads these before the cutters do, and he's looking at it. It's almost like a quarterback looking to see, like, does the guy see it? Does he see me? Trying to make the eye contact. As soon as he does, Jokic throws a nice little one-handed slinger, and and he gets the assist. Uh, great, great cut from Monte Morris. One of my favorites. Um, Michael Porter Jr., of course, into the game. I mentioned only up a couple quick notes here, but I mentioned that he is such a good offensive rebounder. And his first put-back dunk in front of the Pepsi Center crowd was off of just his great instincts. I mean, he's so aggressive going to the offensive glass. I wish he was more aggressive going to the defensive glass, but he's a fantastic offensive rebounder. I've called him a super wancho. Great cutter, great offensive rebounder, great shooter. Um, and, and what makes him a super wancho is unlike – he's probably as good, if not better, than wancho at all those things. More athletic, but then also has a little bit of that – You know, he, he can put the ball on the floor and um, – you know, he's going to be able to run DHOs and, and pin downs and things with Jokic. And I just, I can't wait. I know it's, I know it's taking, I'm as impatient as all of you are. Believe me. I, I think, I believe, I trust Malone. And I think that I'm glad he's in charge and not me. But I can't wait. I wish we could fast forward to whatever date it is that Michael Porter Jr. is just part of this team's lineup and rotation because he is a heck of a fun talent. And he's a lot of fun to watch. And I think he's going to make these Nuggets teams fun. Think about how fun it is when Jamal Murray catches fire and you're just like, oh man, how many is he going for tonight? I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to be another guy like that. And then you have the whole Jokic factor of just Jokic. You never know when Jokic is going to throw one of those nights where he has like seven highlight worthy passes. So I, I envision a scenario not far from now when 
you get on any given night a Murray game, an MPJ game, a Jokic game, uh, all three, or then just some random Malik Beasley game or Gary Harris or Will Barton game, and you just start adding all of the talent up, and you go, man, this this team has the the not just the uh, ability to be really really good, but to be really really fun. And um, again, I understand why Malone is is slow playing this, and I actually I don't understand all of the reasons. I'm sure there's reasons I don't even know about, but um, nonetheless, I, I do get sort of the macro picture of why it's important to not skip steps with Michael Porter Jr. This is the motto. This is the motto for the 2019-20 Denver Nuggets. We don't skip steps. Michael Porter Jr. I think really wants to. He wants to be at that point where he is a starter or playing 25 minutes per game and getting these shots. But unfortunately, step by step, that's the motto, and they're going to have to stick with it. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes so you don't miss any episodes of the show. You're definitely not going to want to miss Friday's episode as I sit down with uh, one of the Denver Nuggets coaches in what I think will be a very fascinating interview. And then, of course, leave that rating and review. It helps us grow our show on iTunes, and uh, it helps us just to have that high rating so we can show our bosses and say, look, we're not terrible at our jobs. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. Listeners, let me tell you about Strava Craft Coffee, some of the game-changing coffee, CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. The reviews are, are incredible, so you're going to want to check them out. CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply live fully. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use promo code DNVR20 at checkout and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Go uh that's that's DNVR20 at checkout for 20% off.